Good morning. How was your Thanksgiving? So I'm so I was very very I'm very thankful for so many things in my life, um, but one thing I'm especially thankful for is the inventor of stretchy pants. So Jesus just rain blessings upon that family for generations to come because whoo stretchy pants inventor. Right. And how many of you, like as soon as your Thanksgiving um, family and friends left the house, like, okay, Christmas is on and tree went up and all the things. Some of you, I need y'all to come to my house. Um, (laughs) We're we're not quite that far along yet, but um, some of you started Christmas like weeks ago. Well, Ryan, like Ryan, right? Um, (laughs) Weeks ago. But it's such a great and amazing time of the year. And I am so excited and privileged to be kicking off our Christmas series called The Gift. And over the next few weeks leading up to Christmas, we are going to be focusing on Romans 15, 16, and the hope and faith and joy and peace that is found in Jesus. And what an incredible gift that is. And I get to start us off today with the gift of hope. And don't we live in a world that could use the hope of Jesus? And we see the word hope used in a lot of ways. We hope that we get that raise this year at our jobs. We hope the Mariners make it to the World Series someday. (laughs) We hope our pants still fit after the holidays. We hope Grandma does not make the fruitcake again this year, unless you're my husband and Terry Deal. They're all about the fruitcake. But there are a lot of things that we talk about hoping for. So as a kid, do you remember a time when there was a certain Christmas present that you just hoped for? So I'm going to date myself here, but mine was an Atari game system. Uh, yeah, okay, my brother back there, we know. So um, I ha- my friend had one, and I just wanted one so bad. And for those in the room that might not know what Atari is, or probably more than likely too young to remember Atari, I believe it was the first game system that could ever plug in to the TV. Is that right? It was the very first. Um, okay, let's take this off. And I wanted one. Is this on? I'm so sorry. Just talk without it. Y'all, I'll get halfway through the sermon. Hit the mute button. Hey. Thanks, guys. Um, So we had it. I wanted this Atari system so bad. And so for those of you that don't know what Atari system is, it was like super high tech at that time. And like you had this little dial, right, that would dial it. And two people could play like this game called Pong. That was the big thing, this game called Pong. And it was literally like two lines on the screen. Like this, right? And then, like, I guess you'd call it like a little pixel, right? would go, do, and then it'd bounce off that line, and then do, and it bounced off the other line. That was, like, the game to play was Pong, right? The super, super high-tech play. And I wanted one for Christmas so bad, and that year I got one. And I remember how exciting it was to open that present and to have that just sitting there in my lap. It was amazing. So I want to share a clip today from the movie A Christmas Story, and Ralphie is the little boy in this story, and he has been hoping for a Red Ryder BB gun. 
and he told his mom that he wanted the Red Ryder BB gun, and he told his teacher that he wanted the Red Ryder BB gun, and they keep telling him, you'll shoot your eye out. So his last chance, the one person who can make his hope a reality is Santa. So let's take a look. Come on, Randy. And what do you want for Christmas, Billy? A toy truck. Get him off my lap. Blank. Frantically, I tried to remember what it was I wanted. I was blowing it, blowing it. Come on, kid. How about a nice uh, football? 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 What's a football? <laughs> Without conscious will, my voice squeaked out. Football. Okay, get him out of here. A football? Oh, no. What was I doing? Wake up, stupid. Wake up. No. kid. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Poor Ralphie. His hopes are just dashed by Santa. He's just up laying there, the hope of getting his BB gun just crushed. But it's easy to get caught up in hoping for the things of this world. But it's a hope that is fleeting and easily broken. But as believers in Jesus, we have a hope that is greater than anything that this world has to offer. And I want to talk about that hope today. The hope of a Messiah, 
a Messiah that had been hoped for for thousands of years, a Messiah that came and fulfilled the promise of a father to all of humanity, and a Messiah that today gives us the hope of his return. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you and we glorify you for the hope that you have given us through your son, Jesus. Speak to us this morning, Lord. May we have ears to hear and hearts to receive what you would speak to us today. And we just give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, like I mentioned, our verse for this series is Romans 15, 13. And it's, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope fill you. Our God is a God of hope. And he has been the God of hope since creation. So I want to start off by going back to the time of Jesus' birth, a time when the Jewish people were waiting for the coming Messiah, a hope for their deliverer that had been a hope for a very long time. This was a hope that began thousands of years before the birth of Jesus ever happened. This was a hope that began with a declaration to Eve by God in the Garden of Eden that her descendant would defeat the enemy, the serpent. This was a hope given to Abraham with the expectation that one of his descendants will be a king through whom all the nations of the earth would be blessed. This was a hope given to David, the king of Israel, that from his lineage would come the king above all kings and the Lord above all lords. And after David, when earthly kings failed time and time again, God raised up prophets to declare that a king would come. God would raise up a righteous king whose reign would be characterized by justice and peace. A king that would bring hope. And we can see this future hope in the book of Isaiah, where he announces, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And eventually, Israel is sent to Babylon in exile, bringing an end to the rule of the Davidic kings. But even in exile, God still promises through his prophets that a king will come, a redeemer, a messiah, the anointed one. So now we leap forward 500 years, and although the exile to Babylon is over, the oppression of the Jewish people still remains. The Roman Empire was in power. The people of Israel were captives in their own land. They were at the mercy of the emperor, victimized by oppressive Roman taxes and a brutal Roman army. Under Roman rule, the people's hopes were frustrated. So for some, 
They gave up hope. Some joined underground resistance movements. Some tried to be more religious, more worthy of God's blessing. But still, there were people in Israel, these marginalized and oppressed people that were searching, still waiting for the hope of the Messiah so long ago promised. They longed for God to do something. And then, in a little obscure village called Nazareth to a normal, everyday, small-town girl, the most incredible thing happened. Not only was she visited by the angel of the Lord, but she is told that she will be the one, the one who will help bring this long-awaited hope of the Messiah into the world. And Luke tells a story like this. The angel says, Do not be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of the ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. And what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. The hope that had been promised since the Garden of Eden, the hope that had been declared by kings and prophets, is now come to realize through an unknown girl in an unremarkable town. Because you see, God does the extraordinary through the ordinary. And we know the story of Joseph, the man betrothed to this young girl, Mary, who is also told by the angel of the plans of the Messiah to be born. And they travel to Bethlehem, and in the dirt and the stink and the muck of a stable, the hope of the world is born. In the most inauspicious of places and the most common of ways, the king of kings comes into this world. And love comes down. John says it this way, The world became, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. And if we continue to read in Luke, he describes how the newly born Jesus was brought by his parents to the temple in Jerusalem, as was the custom. And they encountered a righteous and devout man called Simeon, whom the Holy Spirit had revealed that he would not see death before he had seen Jesus. Luke says it this way, At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. 
That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. And Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Now, Simeon didn't possess some unusual powers of perception or super spidey sense that Jesus was the Messiah. No, it was the Holy Spirit that revealed to Simeon that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. It was the Holy Spirit that led Simeon into the temple that day at precisely the time that Joseph and Mary came with the baby Jesus. The Spirit revealed to Simeon, there he is. There's the baby. He's the one. The one you've been told about. The one you've been hoping for. And Simeon, this man who trusted the promises of God, this man with true hope saw this hope realized and God's promise fulfilled in that little baby, the Messiah, Jesus. Luke then introduces us to a prophetess, Anna, saying, Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years, and she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. Could you imagine what that must have been like for Simeon and Anna? Their entire lives, they had been waiting for a Messiah. Simeon had been promised that he would see the Messiah. And for most of Anna's life, she had lived in the temple fasting and praying. And God revealed his hope, the Savior of humanity, to these two servants of the Lord. God could have revealed Jesus to kings and queens. He could have had Jesus' birth pronounced through the high priests or even the Roman emperor. But he didn't. He made known the hope of the world to two everyday, ordinary people. People who for their entire life had been watching and waiting for the anointed one to come. For you see, Jesus wasn't sent to the earth to save just the elite or the wealthy or the extra religious or one particular people group. Jesus was sent to redeem all of humanity. And you know, if Simeon had been relying on his natural abilities you would have missed him. Anna might have been looking for something totally different, like a royal procession with trumpets and dancing and all of high society and royalty and religious leaders lining up to see the child of the king. Instead, Simeon and Anna saw a carpenter, his young wife, and their baby. 
There was no halo over Jesus' head like all the paintings we see. Um, That wasn't going on. Um, Simeon and Anna didn't receive a text from God saying, Hey, Jesus is going to be at the temple today. You need to show up. No, it was the Spirit that directed Simeon to approach this ordinary-looking couple and their ordinary-looking baby. With eyes of faith, Simeon and Anna saw the light of the world born to bring hope to every nation, tribe, and tongue. And it is with these same eyes of faith that you and I can find hope in Jesus today. You see, this hope wasn't somehow left behind at the manger or abandoned at the foot of the cross. This hope is rooted in a stone rolled away, revealing a new hope for humanity. This hope that is sitting, that's sitting here in 2021, we can stand upon firmly. We just have to be looking for it. Not with our human eyes, but with eyes guided by the Holy Spirit. We need to have eyes of faith. And Peter, Peter spoke of this hope to the early believers who were experiencing immense persecution for their faith. And he says this, Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish or spoil or fade. In Jesus, we have a hope not placed in the things of this world that rust or break or fade, but a hope to the end of evil and death and a new resurrected life in the presence of God the Father for eternity. Paul, when writing his letter to the Ephesians, says this, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. The hope to which he has called you. God calls us to hope. As followers of Jesus, we are called to know this hope. We are to know this hope of this inheritance that we will receive. And it's an inheritance of eternal life in the presence of God. No pain, no sorrow, death has been defeated, and we get to dwell in the presence of the Lord for all of eternity, just as he had planned for creation from the very beginning. And thousands of years later, this hope still abounds Our hope for forgiveness, for reconciliation with God, and a perfect, holy, eternal life rests on the finished work of Jesus. Jesus, the sinless Son of God, died to pay the penalty for our sins and rose from the dead so that we, too, might have life in eternity. Jesus not only came to bring hope, he is hope. Hope. Knowing Jesus brings contentment regardless of material possessions and despite difficult circumstances, nothing can destroy this hope because it is stored in heaven where no earthly power can touch it. We have a 
promise. A promise guaranteed by God, ratified by the Son, sealed by the Holy Spirit. And we believe that everything will come true. That Christ will complete the work that has begun. And we can be confident that all the promises will be fulfilled. Not necessarily in the way we might expect, but in the way that God has planned. Without this hope found only in Jesus, we are dead to our sin. Jesus came to be that life giver. He came to conquer the ultimate result of sin, which is death. By grace, we have been saved through faith, and His Spirit breathes new life into all who would put their trust and hope in Him. Hope in the here and now, and hope for the kingdom that is to come, rests on the mighty shoulders of Jesus, who is today the way, the truth, and the life. He offers us what we have no power to provide for ourselves, this incredible gift of a restored relationship with God, the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit, and a life that will not end. This is the gift of hope. And biblical hope isn't focused on circumstances. When we have biblical hope, it is not because there is evidence that things will get better. It is a hope we carry when there is no evidence that things will get better. We choose hope anyhow. It is a bold hope, anticipating a future that is better than the present. It is a choice to wait in eager anticipation for the coming glory. And some of you in this room today have walked through and are still walking through incredibly hard things. And I have seen this hope in you. This hope that you lean on when there is no evidence of things getting better. This bold hope that even in the midst of your pain and your sorrow, you have planted your feet upon. You stand tall in this hope and declare to the enemy that would try to steal your peace and joy that you will not be shaken. And I am so incredibly blessed by you. I want you to know that you encourage my faith. And if you are a person in this room that does not know this hope, I want to tell you that this hope that Jesus brings is for you. Some of you might be struggling. Struggling with your financial situations, struggling with family relationships, maybe even struggling with depression or addiction. This hope that Jesus brings is for you. It is a hope for a people that don't have it all together. It is a hope for those of us that look around and have no idea how they're going to make things work. It is a hope for those who are lost and wandering and do not know which way to turn or how they're even going to take one more step forward. This hope that Jesus brings 
is for you. And when we as believers speak of hope, we don't mean an optimism for something that may or may not be fulfilled. Our hope is certain. We have hope because Jesus forgives us and transforms us into his likeness. Knowing Jesus brings contentment regardless of material possessions and joy despite difficult circumstances. Nothing can destroy this hope because it's a hope built on Jesus alone. And it reminds me of the lyrics of this whole hymn, and if you know it, please feel free to sing along with me. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. No matter how long you have been a Christian, there is tremendous hope for you because God has invested in you and he will not abandon the work that he has begun. Jesus is evident that God always keeps his promises. And as I close, I'd like to ask the worship team to come up. So... You remember poor Ralphie, with hope, whose hopes of getting a Red Ryder BB gun were dashed by Santa. Well, okay, I have a spoiler alert for you, so if you don't want to know what happens, cover your ears now. Um, but Ralphie does end up getting his Red Ryder BB gun for Christmas. And you know who gave him that gift he'd hoped for? His father. And God, our Father, has given us the most precious gift of His Son, Jesus. God has given the gift of hope for the future that we will be redeemed. A gift of hope for the present that we are not alone, but are loved and have a purpose. A gift of hope even over the past that our failures are not greater than God's power to transform. This is a hope of ancient kings and prophets. This is the hope of Simeon and Anna. And this is the hope that you and I have as believers today. I'd also like to invite the prayer team to come up. Because maybe some of you are entering this Christmas season with difficulties that this has been a hard year, and to even think about Christmas and all that it brings is overwhelming. I want you to know today that God sees you, and he wants you to rest in his hope. There is nothing that you need to try to muster up on your own strength. This is his hope that you get to lean into and draw upon to support you during this time. He is 
our refuge and our strength. And it is in Him that we find our hope. So if that is you this morning, would you come down to our closing song and allow our prayer team to pray for you? And maybe today you realize that you've just been relying on self-generated hope. That if you could just do enough or be good enough or work hard enough, things will work out okay. But then they don't. And none of us can be good enough or work hard enough to generate true hope. Our hope lies in Jesus alone. And we are transformed into new creations through him. And no matter what this world does or brings, it is only in the hope of Jesus that we truly have a future. And if that is you today, we would love to pray for you also. And maybe you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord of Savior, as your Lord and Savior, and you do not know this hope at all. And I want you to know that God sees you right now, no matter what your past or even what your circumstances are right now, God loves you and wants you to spend eternity with him. And there is no better time than now to come to know the love of God and the hope that you can find through Jesus. And we'd love to pray for you today also. So may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is our prayer. That our God, the God of hope, would fill us with joy and peace so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we would overflow with hope. Filled with the hope prayed for by God's people thousands of years ago. Filled with the hope realized in a little baby born in a manger. Filled with the hope fulfilled on a cross on a hill. And the hope of resurrected life revealed through an empty tomb. And filled with the future hope for when the King of kings and the Lord of lords comes again. Because church, he is coming again. And we can rest on that hope. Will you join us in worship?